Hey, welcome to MVP's All Things Considered, where we talk about, well, everything the paranormal encompasses. So are you ready? All right, then let's do this. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the support of our sponsor, Yup Gear. Is that Yup Gear? Yup. Welcome back to another episode of MVP's All Things Considered. I'm Mel, and joining me today are my drunk and crazy co-hosts, Evan, Paul, and Joe. And today, what the fuck are we talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, let me try that again. My bad. Oh, whatever. Today, we're talking about the real story behind the exorcism of Emily Rose, along with that movie, which I think is so badass. I mean, well, uh- course you like it it's all bureaucratic court mumbo jumbo that's not why i liked it dude i mean it's yeah. a good I flick mean, yeah i don't know if i'd call it badass like there what was no, there was no chuck norris in it or nothing so oh, that's oh. true chuck norris doesn't have good aim his bullets just know better than to miss <sighs> damn right ah let's just say that we are watching it again last night and um my husband said, I can't, I don't want to watch this anymore. It's just way too real. Oh. Turn it off. Did you say oh. husband or wife? <laughs> oh, but yeah, he didn't, he didn't like it. And I've actually met a few people as well that really did not like it because they found it too creepy. And I think because, you know, when you watch the exorcism, there's so much makeup and like a head turning completely around 360 it's too hollywoodish whereas this one just besides the contortionism yeah yeah like like when homeboy wakes up in that chick's dorm room and she's like on the floor like all contorted up upside down and shit that that's fucking <laughs> crazy, <dude. laughs> yeah I, I just like solo twister what's that joe I said I'd take advantage of that. Oh, fuck. Did you eat a lot of paint chips when you were a kid? <laughs> Why? Oh, that doesn't really surprise me, but uh, carry on. <laughs> okay. Walked in in the middle of the Twister Championships. Oh, overall, I, I like the fact that they had all the legal mumbo jumbo in there because that's where a lot of the information came from. Besides the film footage and the audio recordings. So did that actually happen? Was there actually a big giant court case with the the priest or whatever, the pastor? Yeah. In real life, in the the actual case? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the actual case, why don't you like tell people about the actual case, what that movie is actually based on? It's based on a a girl named Annalise Michelle, who in, I think it was like 76 in Germany, yeah, she she was quote unquote possessed. She actually was enrolled at the University of Würzburg in seventy three, and they thought she had initially, when she was exhibiting symptoms, she was diagnosed as having uh, temporal lobe epilepsy, which also caused Gershwin syndrome, which like the hyper religiosity, meaning like so when you what have the fuck is that. So when you have a a Gishwin syndrome, it causes a person to become uber religious. It can trigger it. 
Yeah. It's a, called a syndrome. Yeah. It's a called... medical syndrome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe my mother has it. Small announcement. You're pretty close to going to hell. So she started taking like all this, these meds and stuff for her epilepsy. But then over the years, her condition got a lot, lot worse. And so she thought she was possessed. So she stopped taking or she started looking for help outside of her medication and told her family. And that's when she started having uh, his name was uh, Ernst Alt. He thought that she was possessed. This wasn't like a couple of months like they portrayed in the movie. And they're like, oh, we gave her the medication. She didn't get better in about a month. So uh, uh, no, started no doing she's, she started, she was taking the medications for quite a while. But the Gershwin syndrome, I, I think, triggered her belief that she was possessed. The uh, request for an exorcism was granted. And I guess the priest's name was Arnold Rents. But it was supposed to be done in total secret. Why? That was just what the order was. Because in the 60s, you know, exorcisms were very rare. And then the exorcist came out in 1970. And so. Yeah. So was this guy actually like given permission by the Catholic Church or the archdiocese or whatever? Yes. He was granted permission to perform the rites of exorcism. Okay. Over a 10-month period, they did 67 exorcisms, some of which, yeah, and some of these exorcisms lasted up to four hours at a time. So it wasn't just the one like they displayed in the movie. No. No. During that time, in one of the exorcisms, she revealed that she was possessed by six demons, Lucifer, Cain, Judas Iscariot, who was the one who betrayed Christ, Adolf Hitler, Nero, and Fleischmann. For and oh. Fleischmann was a disgraced priest. If people hold know. on, Adolf Hitler is his own demon. Apparently, what the yeah. fuck? So they the apparently the I say apparently a lot. Well, he, he probably came a demon based on merit. So he got he he, he got he got promoted. <laughs> he, he got the old demon badge. We're talking so, about Germany and around a time that, you know, there's still a little bit of history there. Yeah. All the spirits would then fight for power in her body and they would communicate. And I sent you guys a link earlier. And when we post this this episode up, I'm going to post up the links as well to some of the audio of the actual exorcisms and the sounds that she was making. Yeah, that fucking audio clip is creepy as shit. I would not be in the room. It was impressive. (laughs) She, during her exorcisms, she would break her bones. She ripped tendons in her knees from, you know, dropping and kneeling in prayer or the twisting of her body. She stopped eating. And so technically she died of malnutrition and dehydration on July 1st, 1976 at the age of 23. You can see some film footage of them performing parts of the exorcism. I mean, there's numerous clips of it on the Internet because they did record it. There's uh, her audio that was published because, yes, the two uh, priests were charged for manslaughter and they were found guilty. Wow. They were sentenced to... Six months in jail, 
that was later suspended, but they got three years of probation. Damn. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's pretty light for, for manslaughter yeah. charges. Well, <sighs> the parents were not charged or anything. Keep in mind, Germ- German law is different. Yeah. So especially back then, the parents, they didn't they weren't prosecuted because they felt that they had, quote unquote, suffered enough. Well, the devil made them do it. I mean, the exorcism of Emily Rose is loosely based off of that story. Uh, Pretty loosely, it sounds. Not really, just with the court case, but for the most part, what I understand, when I'm watching some of the stuff and listening to the audio, I do believe the the priest and the family honestly thought she was possessed. Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest takeaways from the movie was... Emily Rose decided to remain possessed because that's what God wanted her to, to show the world that evil does exist. Well, from the transcripts of the case, they stated that Annalise would talk about dying to atone for the wayward youth of the day and the apostate priests of the modern church. What the fuck does that mean? I don't even know what the fuck you are saying. Kind of like what Joe said, she made a she she chose to die for the sins of how young people were straying from the church and the modern Catholic church. So that wasn't just like a bunch of Hollywood fluff they added in there at the end of the movie. It was sim- somewhat based on the. Actual it was somewhat story. based on the actual story. Huh. Right. However, technically, she died of starvation oh, right. and dehydration. She wouldn't eat. So, has the Catholic <clears throat> Church, because they talked about in the movie that she should be a saint, did they ever talk about making her a saint? That I don't know. That's an interesting question, actually. I mean, keep in mind, she when she was a teen, she had she was going through psychiatric care, then later developed the absolute epilepsy. And then for four years, she she was going through treatment for four years before her depression and her condition just got absolutely worse. What I liked about the film, though, was that it wasn't just one sided in a way. Because during the court case, they give the reasons why the medical professionals did not think that she had it. Right. She she was possessed. And I like that because they introduced that. Whereas if it was a a true Hollywood exorcist kind of thing, I don't think that they would do that position. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They wouldn't show that side. And that's what I really liked about it. They even showed the priest being, you know, convicted like you know found guilty yeah i thought it brought up a really interesting point she has epilepsy okay but what if she has like what if it was psychosis would the gambitrol be effective or could it trigger you know then he the expert was like no well i i think the the movie didn't quite do the uh the true story justice because when you go in the movie, well, she's completely normal. She's happy-go-lucky. She's going to college. Woo, la di da di da di da And then all of a sudden, boom, she's uh, twisting, contorting, talking in tongues, and 
this goes on for a couple of months and exorcism, then she dies. That's pretty extreme. I but agree. The real, but the real case, uh, well, she started to develop epilepsy and started not sleeping and stuff. And uh, that went on for four years and then it got worse. And I, I think that gives more evidence that she wasn't possessed. Not to mention she went through, you know, lots of psychiatric care before any of this ever happened, before she was diagnosed with epilepsy. Now, granted, all that that psychiatric care didn't really help or do much for her. Obviously. Right. Right. But we're also talking back in the 70s. I mean, you're talking what? Uh, they stopped doing lobotomies in the 60s. Well, you lobotomies really lobotomies. didn't do anything. Robot, lo, I know no, you and your lobotomy. Lobotomy. I'm just saying it, it, it was a crazy thought and it didn't happen like a crazy idea to do to someone. And it didn't happen that long ago. It, what it's part, amazing. Lo, what's, what parts of the crazy idea to do to somebody? The lobotomies? Yes. Just to think, well, let's just swirl this uh, this ice pick around their brain. I mean, like, come on. Who thought that was a great idea in the 50s? The doctor who did it? I'm just saying it's not. (laughs) Seriously, come on. Like that guy sounds like a fucking madman. Like he's a mad scientist. People got on board with it. I mean, the the Kennedys had it done to one of their daughters. Okay. I mean, like. Yeah. Like, seriously, who thought this was a great idea besides the doctor pushing the uh, steak oil? What does that have to do with Emily Rose? Yeah, so what's your point? I'm just saying that the psychiatric care in the 70s probably wasn't that up to snuff to handle some of these things that she was dealing with. Maybe, but a month before she started the exorcisms is when she stopped the medical care. Okay. She stopped the medical care and then everything got worse? Um, She stopped the medical care because she believed that she was possessed instead. And so one month after she stopped the medical care, the exorcisms began. Mm -hmm. When she died, she was only 68 pounds. So that brings the question that uh, is on everybody's mind. Do you believe it? Oh, there we go. I know, right? Do I? Well, you know what? At face value, when I read the story or look at just the transcripts, no, I don't. I believe that she was, she had medical and psychological issues that, just like Joe said, were not treated. Maybe the psychiatric issues were not treated appropriately. The medical issues, perhaps they were with the Gambitrol, maybe a different medication would have worked. But then when you listen to the audio tapes and watch some of the footage and you look at her, you're like, what the fuck? Maybe. Come on, guys, that audio and film footage, that kind of fucks you up a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, anybody can make weird ass noises with their fucking mouth like I mean. Some broad in Germany in the 1970s who's uber religious out of nowhere can learn how to sound like that. Because it also plays what her actual voice is like. Where would she learn that? The University of Würzburg? It's like weird harmonics and shit. I don't know. I mean, if she was that fucked up in the head, you know, due to, you know, psychiatric issues, who's to say what she could or could not have come up with 
to make sounds. I, I have an issue with the whole, you know, medication versus exorcism stuff, you know, and, and the fact that, uh, you know, if, we're, if you're dealing with a, an actual, you know, possession and medication can actually interfere with that process, that's the question now, you know, it's always on my mind, you know, does medication actually interfere with or alter the uh, effects of being possessed, legitimately being possessed? Well, Meaning, I, is, the, is the power of of demons, are they stronger or can they still be affected by medication? Well, here's the thing. And I just want to bring this up. Part of the exorcism isn't the willpower of the well, the willpower of the priest does play a part in it, right. but it's the willpower of the individual that is supposed to be helping, like the main driving force to get the demon out. Yeah, I mean, you put someone on lithium and they're just like goddamn <laughs> zombie. I mean, they're. they're yep. Yeah, yeah. The VA tried to put me on lithium, and I told them to shove it up their ass. Mm, and that may not have been a good call. <laughs> <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. You get these medications. It's not going to affect the demon, but it's going to affect the person, the willpower that the person oh, yeah. has to expel these things. Right, and right. That's where you're going to be running into the issue. So it's not a matter of uh, uh, the medication. Uh, helping in the way that you might think. I mean, it's just a matter of saying, well, when the medication wears off, guess who's back? Well, guess I mean, who never left? I mean, have you ever been in a psychiatric ward? I haven't, personally, but, you know, I watched One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest the other day, so that pretty much makes me an expert. That's what I do. I drink, and I know things. Sounds, sounds legit. Sounds legit. Absolutely. I was going to say that. Yeah, it's, it's real. But but straight up, I mean, you, you have to admit a lot of the medications they give for people with hardcore psychiatric medications is not to fix the issue. It's just to make them more malleable, Gosh. more more docile so you can actually deal with these crazy loonies. Hmm. Sometimes you just want to sit down and have a nice calm conversation with the demon. It's a really interesting, you know, topic, though, because I don't know, would taking these medications that are dulling your, you know, your, your brain functions and stuff actually make it harder for you to have an exorcism performed on you? Yeah, what would it piss off a demon and, 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 and the, you know, knowing that he's trying his damnedest to piss off everybody around the person who's affected and can't do it because, damn it, they got her on lithium, you know, or whatever. Well, I mean, if you're taking lithium, does does that mean the demon's taking lithium too? Does no, he get fucked up? No, <laughs> if only. I well, think I the think... whole thing about the okay, so I think it's mostly our concern is the psychological issue, not the epilepsy, right? Right. Because keep in mind, epilepsy is it's all it is is it causes recurring seizures. That's physiological. Yeah. So, and her last seizure, they were few and far between in her life, but her last one happened in 1972, which was four years before her death. So I think we can push that whole seizure stuff to the side. Right. Wait, wait, wait. So her last seizure was four years before the exorcism? Yeah. Mm -hmm. When she started the medical treatment? 
yeah. for the seizures? No, she had several seizures in her life. They were few and far between with the last one occurring in 72, which was four years before her death. But her first seizure happened in 68. So that's what caused her to lose control of her body. The medical stuff started then in 68 when she was diagnosed with epilepsy. In the movie, it made it seem like it happened way later. But no, she was diagnosed with epilepsy far, far earlier. Okay. But she didn't have, from the transcripts of the case, she didn't have any seizures around that time. So I think we can put the seizures to the side. I think it comes down to her psychosis that we're questioning whether or not it was real. Well, the other thing, if these seizures were that extreme, can they cause these psychosises? Maybe psychoses. Yeah, psychoses. Because it would be a lot of different things. Psychosis? So I think they would, one thing was, you know, schizophrenia. But there's like no objective test for schizophrenia. That was what some of the psychiatrists and psychologists believe that they have. That's And that's not a single disorder you know it's kind of like an umbrella term in which if a patient has any kind of like hallucinations or whatever and they can't figure out why they would say oh they're schizophrenic which is what they thought she had because she was claiming to have seven different six seven different demons inside of her could she have also possibly had some sort of like multiple multiple personality MPD, sort yeah. of thing going on uh-huh it's possible, but then listen to the tapes. That's what throws me off. I think she, but then again, it could have been kind of like what you said, Evan, where she's making her own, she's in her psycho, psychotic state is exhibiting these different vocal sounds without realizing mm-hmm. it because she's taking on a different personality. I don't know. I mean, it was like a smorgasbord of psychoses. But she did have multiple convulsions. She claimed to have visions, uh, the voices. Did um, she actually speak in multiple different languages and stuff? They claimed that she did. I couldn't listen to all of the different tapes. As a religious person, I don't, after a while, I'm just like, this is not good for me. This is not good. i mean i listened to quite a few of them and uh it seemed to me that but i you know obviously i'm not a linguistics linguistics expert but uh it seemed to me like most of them were she was speaking german Yeah, this happened in Germany. Yeah, but and she was and she had Hitler in there. That's what I'm saying. Like I didn't, I didn't (laughs) notice any like you know her speaking Latin or Aramaic or. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like she was speaking German. No, I'm just. I'm just. I'm saying like. Listen, Dick Wrinkle, because she's German. (laughs) No shit, guy. A bratwurst. God damn it. No, I didn't notice any unusual languages coming out of the actual recordings of her. Yeah, me either. You know, well, one of the things I thought was I interesting. Heard. Go ahead. Was when they were when they were talking about all the different demons and stuff, I used, I was listening to each you know each portrayal of each one of them, and it was like I really when I just kind of you know relaxed and listened to it, I couldn't pick them apart. They all just seemed to sound kind of the same to me. 
Yeah, that's racist. Really? They they did. That's it. racist. <laughs> I didn't. I, I really didn't get a whole lot of differences between them, you know. And I don't know. Maybe it's a you know. Uh, I didn't catch the different kinds of dialects and, you know, uh, speaking inflection, whatever. But, you know, these demons that were that, that, that were communicating, you know, using her or whatever. I don't know. I just I tried to see if I could identify them just by, you know, one of them talking, you know, was skipping around on a video and stuff. And I just I don't know. I guess I'm I just I'm not good at identifying demons by sound, I guess. I don't know. I mean, all I have to do is hear one and that's enough. Right. I've never listened to an actual demon, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> oh, you ignore them, huh? Yeah, they have good jokes, so. God bless. Yeah. <laughs> God bless it. Uh, he's gonna burn in hell. You'll be in good company. <laughs> you guys will have your own bench. <laughs> at least, at least you'll have friends. That's for sure. Is that Hitler? I think that's Hitler. What? What would Hitler be doing here? He's like the most evil person in hell. I think it's him. He definitely lives in hell. Oh, I'll be damned! Yeah. You should go talk to him. No, are you kidding me? He's history's greatest monster. He's way too famous to want to talk to us. You just go up to him, you tell him how much you hate his work, and you'd be cool about it. He's probably way too busy. What? It's hell, man. We're all here for eternity. You know what? I'm going to go talk to him. No, no, no. You'll know people. And, I, and for our listeners, I am going to post up several links to the tapes that we're talking about, the audio and visual recordings. I don't want to put it in this actual podcast, lest there be somebody who, like me, gets creeped out after a while, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know. Don't play it backwards, kids, especially no. in the dark. Yeah, not to mention, I don't need any more bad juju coming my way. I live in California, for fuck's sake. Mm. Oh, that Man. juju comes so hard. Enough! Do you want my head to explode? In the name of all that is good and decent, no more for today! Was that necessary, Joe? Yes. Yes, it was. No. So she was supposed to have, and this is where I think the priests also failed, is they were granted the rites of exorcism. However, there was supposed to be a physician present. And I couldn't find that there was a doctor present and i think that was one of the things that really put the nail in the coffin no pun intended because she granted she did not want a physician she kept mm. refusing to have a physician's visit and she had a significant fever guess what i got a fever and the only prescription is more cowbell before the exorcism that was on the last exorcism on June 30th. You know, that brings up an interesting question. Um, At what point do you, do you stop taking the, you know, person's word for, how do you know if it's her refusing the physician or if it's the demon inside of her refusing the physician because it wants to kill her? Right. Good point. That is a very good point. I didn't, I don't know. I didn't think about that. All I kept thinking of was the culpability and the responsibility of not just the priest, but the family members. So what if she doesn't want to see a physician? I mean, they're watching her starve to death and she's got a fever of 102, 103. And this has been going on. She's been in and like, she's been seeing psychiatrists going for psychiatric help. They say she has schizophrenia. I mean, like she shouldn't be able to make any 
medical decisions for herself at that point. It should be left to the parents. This this is this is all a matter of interpretation and in the way that uh, you know which takes precedence, which is actually factual, which is actually you know what part of this is the the truth that, that sets the the tone for what priority we have. Is it is it you know she's got mental issues? Is she is she legitimately possessed? Whichever one of these is in charge is probably the one that's you know what I mean. It's everything else dovetails. No, right. I will say, what was that one thing you said she had where, that makes her uber religious? Gershenson's. Gershenson's. Gherkins? <laughs> yeah. God, so bad. So bad. <laughs> Sorry. I, I uh. say you should be able to throw that out because the uber religious thing, okay, yeah, it could be a brain disorder, but Uber religiousness can they didn't also have Uber be, back then. Oh, oh, well, Uber isn't that German? I think Uber's German. It is. It's over. So, <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> but so bad. I can't deal with it. <laughs> how, how religious someone is is also a product of the environment that they grow up in. And if the family is uber, uber religious, you can throw uh, the little gherkin thing out. So Gherkin? (laughs) The gherkin? (laughs) Gherkins, I think, is uh, that a seasoning for steak or something? Gherkins? No, that's a pickle. Yeah, it's it's a little syndrome. It's Gashwin syndrome. Little cocktail pickles. I got. But there was nothing about her family being (laughs) uber uber religious. They were devout Catholics at the time. Oh, that's right. Was they're saying that the uh, her epilepsy triggered her, not her family, to have Gashwin syndrome, which is marked by hyper religiosity. Well, what the fuck is the difference between a devout Catholic and a uber-religious, hyper-religious? A devout Catholic or a devout Christian is someone who abides by the scriptures and goes to church and stuff like that. Uber-uber are the fanatical ones of the fanaticisms where you will start to see specific sects of S-E-C-T-S, Joe. Yes. Sects of where... For example, with Mormons, the polygamy or some Christians that within the Presbyterian faith of, oh, don't buy anything on Sundays. You can't listen to any pop secular music or you'll go to hell and things like yep. they just take it to extremes. That's the uber uber. All right. Clear like, that up. like for me, I was I was devout growing up, but I wasn't uber religious. I still wanted to listen to pop music and stuff. Now, my mom was uber uber religious. Uber. Where, she drove people around and talked about religion. Oh, you wouldn't want my mom driving people around. But anyway, we're not talking about my mom. Emotional rest her soul. May she rest in peace. This is what yes. I found interesting is that they did say she died of starvation and possibly mm-hmm. physical exertion, but her organs were completely healthy. Her brain uh, had her brain had no damage that could cause even microscopic seizures. But her pupils were unusually dilated. The medical examiners admitted on the stand that 
um, some of their conclusions had to be guesswork. So they said that she died of starvation. But it wasn't absolute. She drank large amounts of water. The examiners, there were no organ failures. So if you die of starvation, which can take sometimes a month, 40 days, a person can live without food. Yeah, but the damage alone on the organs. Exactly. That's the thing. If you die of starvation, there's going to have a weakened immunity, organ failure, usually the heart or the kidney. The patient would then fall to immobility. But that wasn't the case with Annalise. Mm, she got out of bed a lot. Her mobility was even confirmed by the medical examiner's observation that she didn't have any bed sores. So that's proof that she gets out and she moves around. Mm Mm-hmm. She but, yes, she did have a fever, but it wasn't high enough to um, threaten her life or require just, physicians' attention. Well, right. during an exorcism, don't they give them the uh, Eucharist? You know those uh, little Jesus crackers. Oh, the wafers. Yeah, Joe, yeah. you're Catholic. You don't even. <laughs> yeah, the Eucharist. I, I yeah. was dumbing it down for our listeners. You know, Jesus crackers. Good, and for me, because I don't know what that is. Oh, they're Jesus crackers. Yeah, Yeah, the little small, tiny, round things that it's like have a little. Yeah, it's like eating, and they're thin. It's like a little small wafer. You might as well just have. It's like a rice cake, but no, even thinner. Yeah, (laughs) it's like a piece of of cardboard paper or the construction paper. It's construction paper thin. What you were saying, Joe? Do they do they do that in the during the exorcisms and stuff? I I believe so. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. But it what that still wouldn't have been enough to maintain healthy organs. Well, no, not at all. And her and the medical examiner said that there was no organ failure. All of her organs were healthy. I already know that without potassium alone, you will have a heart attack and you will die. So you must have mm-hmm. potassium. Mm-hmm. So that to me, that's the first thing to go. So mm-hmm. she was yeah. obviously didn't starve to death. Well, they said that she did, but the evidence does not really coincide with that. So the big question is, how is she 67 pounds? 68. Mm -hmm. Don't take that one pound away from her. But how how are you six with no failed organs? How are you 68 pounds, no failed organs? And there was no brain damage. That don't make no sense. Oh, my. Okay. There's some weird shit going on here. Yeah, they... Tech, they said the inner organs, healthy brain had no damage that would cause even microscopic seizures, pupils unusually dilated. She must have been somebody was sneaking her some food or something in the middle well, of the night. She or wasn't she wasn't abstinent from food. She, it was not absolute. So maybe it's just the way her body processed everything. Then I don't know. Maybe she. Food lie. suppositories. Yeah, yeah was they were suppository in her mouth. <laughs> Okay. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my food suppositories. I'm like, yeah, there were suppositories in her mouth. I mean, she's never going to get enough going the other end. And here's the other thing. her, um, The medical examiners also stated they simply did not regard Annalise's physical injuries as life-threatening. Uh, she had bruises, fever, and other physical indications, but nothing absolutely, mostly bruises. So if her not eating and her, you know, physical problems weren't, you know, a cause of death, then what? Well, 
I mean, besides her weight being only 68 pounds and she was tall, it would see that way. But I would think if she died of starvation and dehydration, aggravated by possibly aggravated by physical exertion, there would be more damage to her inner organs. She would be immobile. She would have bed sores. Uh, She probably would have died of a heart attack, if anything. Mm -hmm. She died in her sleep. Yeah, there's some kind of magic mix there that contributed to that. You know, you all all heard of those stories where they have a shaman or or medicine man who live out in the desert and they don't eat. They they tell you all they do is they just they live under the sun and they they get all their energy from the sun. They don't drink or they don't do anything. And they're the same way. They don't get sick. They don't have, you know, failures of any organs or anything. And nobody can figure out how the hell they're they're still alive. So solar powered shamans. That would be it. Okay, that's pretty neat. Yeah, I think the one thing that I like about this is that it's not cut and dry. Yeah, this is a case that's not it's not obviously um, not a possession. It's a medical issue, but it's also not obviously a medical issue. And, you know, it's neither way. You can't say for certain either way. Did they have MRIs back in the 70s? Yeah. How else okay. would they know? Oh, they were horrible back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, but it was, but her, it but wasn't like, no problems. Yeah. It wasn't early in the 70s. It was, she died in 76. That's mid, yeah. Mid 70s. Yeah. So, it's I mean, they did. It's not like they were, are, just be, listen. Listen, sir. I'm listening. It wasn't like medical treatment in the late 70s, early 80s, though not as, you know, sophisticated as today was archaic. And they did examinations with freaking pliers and ice all the time. I mean, it was Germany, so. Well, that's true. That was so harsh. I'm German. It's okay. Me too. I'm I'm a quarter German. I'm allowed to make a quarter joke. Okay. <laughs> a quarter joke? <laughs> uh, uh, but I think I own a Nazi penny. But anyway. Hell yeah. Wait, Evan, what do you mean, <laughs> hell yeah? That's a piece of history. Oh, okay. I thought you meant, okay. Whew. What, you, yeah. you think he's like, I Yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought you meant. Like, I was like, wait, what? Evan, you are now known as Heinrich. we are so inappropriate sometimes we have like that's it uh, who cares i know who cares (laughs) so it uh, that's why i really like the movie now what i didn't like about the movie is that they seem to exonerate the parents but i think there's just equal culpability with the parents yeah now i get it she's an adult but it was done in her bedroom in your home and that's your child at some point whether she wants a doctor or not yeah, and the, the parents are just like, well, the priest was in charge. We we, we told the priest he was, he was good to go, whatever you need to yeah. do. Mm-hmm. It's on him. It did traumatize them, granted. I think it would be because, you know, think if you were her parents, how do you think you would have reacted to what was what she was saying, how she was acting, what you were witnessing? Uh, smack the shit out of them with a sack of potatoes. Oh, boy. Come on, wake up. Come on. This isn't how we behave. 
I'd have told him to lock that kid in the deepest, darkest basement of the psychiatric ward. Hey, that's the way they all disappeared back then, wasn't it? Pretty yeah. much, yeah. Yeah. It's, I it's mean, like, yeah, we'll just make another one. But yeah. she herself wanted the exorcism. I think mm-hmm. the possession thing might have been planted in her mind. Um, it was another lady who actually suggested to her that she was possessed because she didn't want to go into a church and she had an adverse reaction when she saw some sort of cross or something on their walk. And then maybe then it got fixated in her own mind that she was possessed, but she desperately wanted the exorcism. So you think she planted it? She actually got the ball rolling? I think the other, you know, whoever it was that suggested she might have been possessed yeah yeah implanted or planted the seed and here's this girl who is severely you know psychologically troubled and has a deep psychosis clung to that well that's true now you could also say the other side of this sorry to cut you off there paul but i mean yeah it could have planted the seed that she wanted this exorcism but it could have also planted the seed that she was possessed Mm-hmm. And then this schizophrenia just kind of ran with it and went, oh, yeah, yeah. That's I'm what Hitler I mean. In yeah, I agree. And- that's what I meant is that she planted that seed. And so, you know, she was I mean, susceptible to that. She was very susceptible because maybe she just deeply wanted to be healed. She mm-hmm. had Geschwin syndrome. She and she just felt like shit. And so she's like, OK, this is what's wrong with me. And being mentally ill, it just took a life of its own. And maybe it was psychosomatic at that point, how severe it was. That's one take on it. It's actually a pretty good take. Yeah. That's a little more sense to me. Me too. Yeah. To me, that's one possibility. And then on the flip side, there's a possibility she was actually possessed. No one can say with absolute certainty that she was or she wasn't it because there's so much gray. Mm -hmm. I think that what you originally were talking about, I mean, when you were, you know, we discussed the susceptibility and maybe her level of, uh, uh, you know, listening to other people's opinions and thoughts and, and taking that into consideration, maybe, uh, you know, using that along with what she thought herself and how things developed from there. I, I think that's probably the most logical um, path that a lot of this took. Mm-hmm. Now the bottom line, the bottom line, I don't know, but I think the most logical path is what we were just talking about. You know, when, when we were discussing what we think. Mm-hmm. Especially you know. since, you know, in cases of possession, and this is where it really hung me up. Because she didn't levitate. No. And like you guys said, I from what I heard, she spoke German and everything. So right. if you're missing two of the major um, requirements in order for a exorcism to be granted, why was an exorcism granted? Good question. I mean, I don't Good know. Question. I could be wrong on those audio recordings. I mean, in the movie... They did talk about her speaking a bunch of different languages. Now, I've yeah. been in the action, I haven't listened to all of the audio it, files, yeah, obviously. So I, I didn't know. either. 
she did contort her body, but maybe she was just really fucking flexible. Yeah, maybe she's 68 pounds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can get my legs behind my head. So Pixar, it didn't happen. <laughs> oh, you'll regret that. <laughs> Somehow I have a feeling you're about to get an inbox yeah. of Joe's taint. <laughs> if you're not familiar with goats, you look out. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll post it in the group chat. Oh, <laughs> well, if you guys want to look into the real story behind the exorcism of Emily Rose, I suggest you all look up. Uh, her name is Annalise Michelle. You can. I think her name was Anna Elizabeth, but they just shortened no. it to Annalise. No, Annalise is her first name. Elizabeth, I believe, is her middle. No. She's it almost like Michael for last name. Oh, looks looks like it's spelled like Michael, but I mean it's probably pronounced exactly the way you're saying because it's a German pronunciation. What I'm saying. Alrighty then. So I guess <laughs> the, that wraps up this episode. Next week, we're gonna be talking about the Warrens. Uh, thanks for joining us. Really enjoyed this convo, guys. And Evan, take it away. All right, folks. Try not to get possessed. Tell them demons to go fuck themselves. 